Let me share with you a message that is essential for this day and this hour. It is basic. We're going back to basics. We need to regroup as the church and remember why we're here and what we're to do. And this morning I want to share with you the meaning of a biblical worldview. It is essential that you understand the worldview you keep. Every one of you has a worldview. Everyone in and on this planet has a worldview. And a worldview is an all-encompassing view of reality. What is your take on reality? What do you understand reality to be? Everybody has that opinion. Some people don't like it, so they escape reality. How many of you know that? But there's a view that you live your life by, and it's called a worldview. There are multiple worldviews out there by which people live. We need to be living by a biblical worldview. You've been taken out of a kingdom of darkness. You need to understand how to live in a kingdom of light. And so you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind into a biblical mindset. Many of us are still grappling and fighting with a secular mindset that we got saved from. But the patterns of this world so ingrained in us, we need to begin to develop a biblical worldview. It's based on three basic things. A worldview is based on what you believe, so what you consider to be true. And uh, unfortunately, today in our culture, truth has been relegated to just uh, your truth and my truth, and, and it can have two different truths. How many of you know you can't have two different truths, right? A truth is an absolute. And so what you believe in will therefore then cause what you value in life. You'll have an opinion on how to live a life, what you value in that life more than anything else based on what you believe. And that will cause you to behave and act a certain way. That's what a worldview does for people. They base it on their belief, which causes them to take different values and causes them to act and behave a certain way. So what is true? What is true? And many people are trying to grapple with that as to what is true. May I encourage you that the Word of God is what is true. It is unchanging. It stays the same. Be careful, church, where you're getting your truth from. A world is trying to gather truth, so they watch the news, they listen to the radio, they listen to media to get what they believe is true. And then we know that what is on the media is not necessarily true. So they go to alternative sets of media that sound good to them, but that may not be true either. You need to do the work, brothers and sisters, to find out what is true and to defend the Word of God. And then what is valued as good in people's lives? Some people have a different value of what is good than what is biblical. If it uh, pleases me, I think it's good. That's what the world says. It may not be good, right? And so their actions are acted out based on their worldview. Well, this morning, I want to take you through uh, basically a couple worldviews. You know, again, you're going to base your worldview on what you believe is true. And so, in other words, you are what you eat. If you're going to eat the Word of God, then you become uh, the Word of God. If, if, if you're going to eat fast food, you're going to become fast food for something else. I don't know. All right. 
We're going to look at two different worldviews, secular versus sacred. Now, there are a, no, a number of different worldviews. In the secular realm, we're going to call it cultural, but there are many different worldviews in the secular realm uh, to, to choose from. I'm taking general categories. In the sacred realm, it's the same as well. Some people would say all religion is sacred. That's not true. Sacred means holy. And there's only one group that is holy, those who are made holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. So there are other religions that are called sacred, but they're, they're just attempts at finding God, but they are not sacred and holy as cleansed by God. So many different worldviews. We're going to consolidate it down into two worldviews, a secular and a sacred, a cultural worldview and a biblical worldview. And this is important because much of the church in the United States today has conformed to a secular opinion, and it has mingled what they believe is sacred with that which is unholy, and we've got to watch for that this morning. Let's take a look at the beliefs of the Bible and what is sacred. We get our truth based on a transcendent truth which comes from God and not ourselves. It's been given to us through creation and the Bible. Creation is general revelation of God's wonderful and amazing attributes. They're seen and heard in all of creation. All mankind can know that there is a God. In fact, Romans tells us that on the day of judgment, they will be without excuse because it is easily understood that there is a transcendent God that has designed and perpetuated life on this planet. But we have special revelation along with general revelation, which is the Word of God, the oracles of God given to us so that we can comprehend who God is, how He acts, and what He's promised. <clears throat> that is our basis and our foundation for what is true. You need to study the Word. You need to stay in the Word. You need to go back to the Word. And where there seems as people criticize, you know the Bible's been criticized for well over 2,000 years and it's still here. They've tried to destroy it. They try to say there's contradictions. They try to give argument after argument. There's no new argument that hasn't already been defeated through these many years to prove the Bible true. Now, what do we value? We value God because God is good. We know that God is faithful. God is true. God is transcendent. God is holy. He is other than mankind outside of this created order. And God is good. We understand in our values that man is fallen. He's fallen into sin. And we know that God has sent Christ to redeem us. God so loved the world, he wants to redeem us from our depravity and our fallenness because God is good. That's what we value. We value people. We value people's lives because God values them. There's nobody too lost that God can't find. How many of you know that? There's nobody too far gone that God can't redeem. And we believe that because look at your neighbor. You thought they were too far gone, but God saved them. Amen right? Praise God for that. We're a testimony of God's goodness. So what does that do for us? How does that cause us to behave? Well, 
the way we behave is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors as we do ourselves. That's the behavior of a true Christian. To love God and to serve Him and to love others and serve them. This is a positive worldview for this world. It cares about what is true. It believes that God created it. It values God and people and our behavior care for God and people to be restored. That's a positive worldview, amen? But we are being treated as if our point of worldview is to be relegated to the side. It's called hateful. It's called sinful. It's called negative. But in fact, it's what the world needs right now. It's a worldview you need to hold on to. Now, the secular worldview, its belief of what is truth is that truth is relative. Your truth and my truth may not match. They may not line up because my truth is based on what I see and observe and believe and most of all, what I feel. Truth is relevated to what is felt. Science now has become our guide. That science is not altruistic. That science is based on man's observation, man's limited abilities. We think with better microscopes and telescopes, we'll be able to discern greater revelation. But it's all based on our own values. Science is our guide, and its belief is evolution, that we evolved from nothing. It values personal happiness, that our morals are relative. Basically, we live so that we can please ourselves. Where right and wrong is based on what is necessary to achieve my personal needs and goals. How many of you have seen in lately in media and movies, TV, the anti-hero? Almost every movie that I see and watch, it's based on somebody who's not too moral of a person, not too nice of a guy, but someone did him wrong, and in his efforts to get back, he's going to attack and destroy everything in his way, and he becomes the hero of the story. How did we get set up with this? And it is a real problem because the value of good is now based on the personal relativity of what suits me that's the behavior what is the action personal happiness is valued above all things what else is there in life Richard Dawkins says this that we live in a universe of blind pitiless indifference so if the world and the universe is indifferent to us I'll be indifferent to you just so long as I can satisfy my life if I have to escape through whatever self-medicating uh, uh, needs to be happy, I'll do that. If I, whatever it takes for me to get the money to get that kind of a thing, I'll do that as well. So the behavior and the actions of a naturalistic, secular worldview is not too healthy to the world itself. And I think we're starting to see the fruit of that in our culture. But my uh, Bible says this is nothing new. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, the common saying was, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you will die. That was a common quote from back then. So the secular and sacred worldviews have been around forever. 
It's just that Christ has revealed himself at this time to where now, as Paul says, he calls all men to repent and come to Christ Jesus because that worldview is the worldview that will save the world. Amen? But we've got a problem. Between the sacred and biblical worldview and the secular cultural worldview, there's a problem. You notice I say biblical worldview, I don't use the term Christian worldview. Because what is defined as Christian nowadays is no longer biblical. It's diluted because many Christians have melded together the secular worldview with what they believe is a Christian worldview. There are many people living what they call Christian lives that have nothing to do with the Bible. They're mingling these things in such a way. God says that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That means you and I were brought up in a secular culture. It always amazes me with parents who say, you know what, I'm not going to teach my kids anything about religion. I'm going to wait till they can reach an age where they can decide. By that point, they have been so brainwashed in a sexual, secular world view, they don't even realize it. There is no gray or neutral area. Your worldview is established by your culture or by God entering into your life. And if you haven't had that experience, you have been brought up on a secular worldview. And that needs to be transformed and renewed. We don't need to bring it into the church so that we're more attractive to the world. The world doesn't need the church to look like them. The world needs the church to look like Christ. They need a light. They need something different that draws them. In fact, Paul said this in Colossians 2.8, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human tradition or the human worldview, according to the element spirits of this world and not according to Christ. This is essential, church. We've got to have a biblical worldview in this hour. You need to teach your children a biblical worldview because your children and you are being inundated 24-7 by what you listen to, what you hear, what you see, and what is around you. It is by osmosis impacting us continually, continually. And so we must hold fast to a biblical worldview. Let me give you some statistics. According to Abarna research from 2017, 51% of American adults say that they have a biblical worldview, but only 6% actually live out that worldview. That's sad. 61% of millennials, that's 40 to 23-year-olds, identify as Christian, but only 2% hold a biblical worldview. We have a problem here in the West. We think we can believe something but not live it. That is completely unbiblical. The human mind, uh, the human mindset, I'm sorry, the biblical mindset has no comprehension of believing one thing and doing another. If you believe it, you should do it. That's the Bible's understanding of us. But we have separated that. 
We have people who say, yes, I'm a Christian, I believe, I ask Jesus into my life, but they live by a completely set of different rules and think they're fine with that because they believe. Well, James said, you show me faith by what you say, I'll show it to you by what we do. That's the Hebrew mindset. Only 33% of Christians said they believe that human beings are born in a sinful nature and can only be saved through the consequences of sin by Jesus Christ. Only 33% say that's true. The rest do not hold to the fact that you were born in depravity and that we need Christ and he's the only way of salvation. That's pretty low in its percentage as to those who call themselves Christians. So we've got to get back to a biblical worldview. Let's take a look at what that means by answering three questions between the secular worldview and the biblical. How did we get here? A biblical worldview says the reason we're here is because God created all things. He created all things and it was very good. He created all things to perfection, to reflect His glory. Mankind was to reflect the goodness of God and His glory. And the stars and the heavens, everything declares the handiwork of God, the goodness of God. And He gave that authority to mankind to rule and reign over all of creation. God created all things good. And so every human is created in the image of God. So a biblical worldview respects every human being as being made in the image of God. We're to care and to love for every person, though they be fallen, though they be in a state of evil intention, they are still loved by God. Christ died for them, and we need to reach them with the gospel. A secular worldview is how did we get here? Evolution through billions of years of random mutation out of nothing came the animal of Homo sapiens. We're nothing more than a level of animal that has reached a certain potential. There's n- what is the dignity in that? What is the value in that that we basically have are here by accident? And that we don't have intrinsic value, we're just another animal on the chain of animals. What it means is that the dignity of human life can be snuffed away for the convenience of my life. It's a dog-eat-dog world based on evolution. Secondly, why is the world like it is? Now this is important because this is the one that so many people have a problem with. Why is there evil in the world? If God is so good, why is there evil? Because of you. Because of me. There was a fall in mankind. We were created into perfection, but can you imagine such an intelligent mindset now turned over to the depravity? We have the ability to kill ourselves ten times over. We've invented so many weapons and so many destructive things. We withhold food from other people. We withhold money and goods and wealth that this world, this planet could easily grow enough food to feed everybody, easily protect everybody and care for everybody. It's mankind's fallenness that is keeping everybody in a place of poverty and need. It's human depravity that hates one another, that separates and divides because of skin color, that is 
racially motivated. It's sin and the fall of man that brought death into this planet. And if it brought death into the planet and we were overseers of it, then all of creation came under the condemnation of sin and death. And the world is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. What's the secular point of view of why we are here and why the world is like it is? Because the strongest survive. The fittest, the strongest. If you're too weak, you'll fall away. But those who are strong, those with the most toys, win. Those who have the most gold are in charge. That's the standard of a secular worldview. So what's going to happen to this world? How is it going to end up? God has a redemptive plan from the beginning of time to restore mankind to the position of dignity he once had, to bring back the relationship of God and man into a situation where man can love God and God loves man. He'll restore this planet back to Eden. He'll restore it back to being fruitful and multiplying. God has a plan that he's been executing since the beginning of time. The secular view is that nature will take its course unless we destroy this planet ourselves. And so we're going to do everything we can to sustain the planet, to sustain our life and our luxury as best we can with the strength that we have. That doesn't look too good. We've seen it civilization after civilization that man's best efforts cannot get us out of this mess. It has no remedy for the problem of pain and suffering, where our God has joined us in pain and suffering. He didn't put it on us. We did it ourselves, but he entered into it to rescue us from it. That is a redemptive God. If you look at these worldviews, there is one that is positive. There is one that's negative. The one that's positive right now is being considered negative, and that's a biblical worldview. You need to hold fast to what you know to be true. In the end, let me share with you basically what a biblical worldview says. It says that God created everything. That God sent His Word and His Word was spoken. And that Word is Jesus. In the beginning it was with God and the Word was God. There was nothing that was made that was not made by the Word, Jesus Christ. He created all things. Unto the glory of the Father. Everything was created by Him and through Him and for Him. This creation means that there is dignity to mankind. It means that there is an order to everything. You can look at creation and you can find its exact order and exact purposing in this universe. If one planet was off by one degree, it would destroy this planet Earth. If the gravity was just off by one degree, it would destroy life on this planet. Everything is calculated. Intelligent design has established everything to such a place that life can thrive because God designed it that way. That gives us a positive value to the planet to mankind and to life itself. God created all things and loves it so much that he's going to restore it back again. The second point is the reason that there is evil and sin in the world is because man rebelled against God and decided to be self-centered instead of God-centered. And so the new worldview is established in the garden. Did God say? 
And wouldn't you rather be as smart as God and do things your way? And that's the worldview that took us south. Amen? The fall. But number three in a biblical worldview is redemption, redemption, redemption. God so loved the world, He sent the Son that who would ever believe in Him should have eternal life and not perish. God so loved us to rescue this dying planet and this corrupt mankind, to take away the punishment of sin that was upon us. He took it upon Himself so that you and I could be free from sin and death and live in right relationship with God once more. God did all of this, and He deserves to be praised for it. Amen. The last aspect of a biblical worldview is God's restoration. There is a restoration coming. When Christ returns, He will establish His kingdom and He will demonstrate for all mankind what a biblical worldview will look like. He'll restore man's relationship with each other and his relationship with this planet. God will restore the relationship of His kingdom and there will be peace on earth thank God we'll turn our weapons into plowshares and we will have the adder and the lion lay down with the lamb and care one for another amen it will be glorious this is a biblical worldview. We believe in God correcting every wrong. We believe that every injustice will be weighed by God's justice. There will be one day when all things are made right. Those things done in the dark will be brought to the light. Those things against us will now be judged by God. And it will be complete and made right again. We believe in what God's doing. A biblical worldview is essential for the church to uphold at this time. And in the end, brothers and sisters, the question is, is your worldview ascribing glory to God or is your worldview ascribing glory to man? God's the one who did it all. Amen. Paul said, this is what happened in man's worldview, according to Romans 1, 22 to 25. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of God, the immortal God, for images resembling mortal man. Therefore, God gave them up to the lusts of their own hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature instead of the creator. We see it today. You see it in our midst. The cultural worldview has gone so awry as to what is true and distanced itself so far from created order that we can't even identify what a woman is. We can't even identify a binary understanding of the sexes. We can't identify what is right and what is wrong. We can't identify what is holy and what is pure from what is lasciviousness and greed. And yet all in a secular worldview claiming to be, if it feels good, do it. If you want it, do it. Have it your way. That's not a biblical worldview. This morning, 
It is the goal of the church to cleanse itself back to a biblical worldview. Christians, if you say you're a disciple of Jesus, if you say you're a follower of Christ, you can't mingle with a secular world view. You must walk in holiness. And so I would ask you, are you glorifying yourself or are you glorifying God? Are you more important in what you choose to do than God and honoring Him? This is essential. The church needs to come back. You need to ask, seek, and knock. God says, test me. If you're questioning a worldview and a biblical worldview, then question it. Ask God. God approves of questioning. God wants you to ask Him. God wants you to seek an answer. God wants you to knock and find out. Don't take in. Don't be duped by a secular worldview. Find out. If you have doubts about the Bible, research. If you have doubts about the, the, the questions of what seem to be contradictions, pursue that. If you have wonder and doubts about creation or evolution, ask, seek, knock. The answers are there. Truth is not afraid of any question. Seek the Lord and find a biblical worldview to walk in. Let's bow our heads this morning.